We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome into another edition of the Bear Report Podcast presented by Overtime Media. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Pearson. I'm joined, as always, by fellow co-host Aaron Lemming. Aaron, how you doing, my man? Doing all right, man. I think uh, doing a lot better than you guys there in Chicago, it sounds like. Yeah, it's brutal, man. I've been inside since like 7 p.m. on Tuesday night, I believe. I haven't been able to do anything. Like, I went outside to start my car for like five minutes and I was just frozen. Yeah, dude, I can't, I can't imagine. I was, I'm trying to think. I was back when I was younger. I was in Chicago, and I think it was like minus three. I think it was for Socks Fest actually, and it was like minus three outside with a wind chill. I think it was about minus ten, minus fifteen, and I did not know what to do with myself. But then again, I'm a California person, so real cold to me is just brutal. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird here because like, you know, we're used to the cold, but it's not like this cold like we've never seen it like absolutely this cold and i saw a tweet earlier um someone said you know it's cold when bars in chicago are shutting down for the night which is just, it's kind of mind-blowing yeah that's crazy man yeah I, I mean i can i don't think anybody's really used to i mean dude it was colder in chicago today than was in antarctica i mean that kind of says a lot right there but man that's uh the good news is for you guys at least you know uh, winter's winter's getting pretty close to being over man we're we're almost in, sep- or in september wow that would be nice we're almost in february um which means obviously the super bowl is this sunday and we got some fun stuff to talk about but hopefully it gets warmer for you guys because it's i think it, man, it was like 66 today where i'm at so oh don't tell me that man it's just, <laughs> I, I, I would uh, like we're supposed to have 45 i think 45 
on Saturday and Sunday here, and it feels like that's just like a warm up for like a complete just warm up. Like wear a light jacket when in reality it's it's, it's not. But I, I would take September right now. I wish it was September because we'd be talking about a Bears regular season. But as you said, you know NFL season's kind of wrapping up with the Super Bowl, and we had the Pro Bowl played last week, which is eh, it's kind of the whole two hand touch game almost. And um, you know moving forward, we'll have the scouting combine, free agency. Um, then the draft in April, and after that, it kind of kind of that dead period where you have a couple of mini camps and the rookie camp before you have that what feels like a ninety day wait until training camp. When realistically, it's mid mid June to end of July. But there's a long, 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 long time until actual football is being played. Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's man, it's tough to even think about at this point. I mean, we're not even really technically we're not even through the 2018 season yet because we still got the Super Bowl. But I do think that the Bears are going to stay aggressive in, in free agency. I mean, we kind of talked about this last week. I think it's going to be somewhat interesting. I mean, between that and the draft, I mean, there's definitely some storylines to follow and all that. So I don't think it'll be a dead off season by any means. But uh, it, man, playing games, even even training camp. I mean, that really just can't get here soon enough at this point. Yeah, and I'm just kind of glad we talked about this last week where last week was kind of the dead part of the NFL season where it's like the week before the media week of the Super Bowl. There's not a lot going on. Like, come on, who really, honestly, who really pays attention to the Pro Bowl? I I saw people on Twitter, like, arguing back and forth about Trubisky's performance and that quarterback skills challenge. And then, you know, a couple of people talk about Prescott and Trubisky and even Watson's bad play in the Pro Bowl. And it's just like, I, I didn't have any time for that. I don't want to discuss anything or base anything on a game where the whistle blows before you can even tackle a running back yeah that, man i i honestly because i haven't watched the, the pro bowl in years man i honestly had forgot how bad it was until until I started watching it, it was two in touch and of course you got jason garrett calling uh calling offensive plays on the nfc side i mean nobody got anything going until you know the last few minutes of the game i mean everybody that's a funny thing you bring it up you know everybody's sitting there you know criticizing trubisky it's like dude it's the pro bowl let's see he, he played for a quarter he threw an interception who cares like i mean dude mike evans picked off deshaun watson like are we are we really gonna do this like it, it just it doesn't matter i mean i bet again i mean here we are we're about to go into the off season uh lions fans are already getting rowdy again on twitter you know it's just it's it's that time of season where i mean it's or that time of year where it's going to be six months of just nothingness for the most part i mean yeah they're going to make moves everybody's going to have the off off season optimism the draft all that fun stuff but the reality of it is i mean we're still what five months away from it even being july i think that's right five months four months something like that either yeah, way i mean we're yeah. we, we still got some time until until even preseason football is being played but the good news is you know, we're, we're at least seeing some movement. I mean, we, we've seen a kicker being signed in Redford Jones, which I don't really, I mean, I guess we could talk about it if we want to. I don't think it means anything. But Bobby Massey signing extensions, at least worth some top. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was actually some stuff, you know, that was worth talking about with the Bears that wasn't the Pro Bowl, which is it's kind of exciting because you really hardly see that you know, going into that Super Bowl week. Um, before we get into all that, let's hit a quick break for our sponsors, and then we'll be right back on the Bear Report Podcast. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. The Old West is an iconic period of American history. I'm Chris Wimmer. Join me on the Legends of the Old West podcast to hear the true stories of lawmen like Wyatt Earp, Bass Reeves, and the Texas Rangers, outlaws like Jesse James and Butch and Sundance, and Native American battles of the Lakota, Comanche, and Apache. We use cinematic storytelling and sound design to bring these stories and many more to life. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, 
Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. And welcome back to the Bear Report Podcast presented by Overtime Media. Yeah, before we went into the break, Aaron brought up two good points. The Bears were in the news for something other than the Pro Bowl. Uh, last week they announced that they have agreed to a contract extension with right tackle Bobby Massey. Um, the Bears had three starters going into this offseason that were due to be free agents. Two on the defensive side in Adrian Amos and Bryce Callahan. The other, Bobby Massey at right tackle. Um, Ryan Pace didn't hesitate. He got a deal done. Massey agreed to a four-year deal. We don't know the numbers yet. There was that Rappaport tweet where I believe he said it was $8 million per or more um, per year, but I, I expect that most of that money to be in the first two years of the deal. Aaron, what were your initial thoughts without the money part right away on bringing back Massey? Well, I think we kind of talked about it last week. I mean, you look at the the, the big positions they have in terms of you know uh, the, their own free agents, and I think – you kind of have to prioritize here. And obviously, uh, you know, a lot of people are wanting Amos to stay. A lot of people are wanting Callahan to stay. Uh, but there wasn't a lot of talk about Bobby Massey. But kind of like we talked about last week, I think maybe their best approach at this point is going to be, uh, you know, retaining their own guys, as many guys as possible, and, you know, signing it, you know, figuring out their kicking situation and then figuring out what they're going to do at running back, if they're going to upgrade over Jordan Howard, whatever it may be. But the more and more I started thinking about it, and you kind of look, and it's like, you know, if if not Bobby Massey, who is it going to be? I mean, Rashad Coward was on the practice squad. Uh, then he then he switched over to right tackle, and then he kind of got the, you know, he got a camp's worth at right tackle. He was on the active, or well, he was on the 53-man roster, but I don't think he was active for one game this year. And you look at the draft, the draft isn't very good. The free agent class is, is very, very bad, as, as usual. I mean, that's just kind of the way it goes. So I think... All in all, I think the Bears made the right move. Uh, my initial reaction was just the simple fact that I, I thought maybe eight million was a little, little much, or it, you know, a little over eight million was a little much for Massey, especially given the timing of the deal. But the more and more you look at it, it's like okay, he may be the, he's probably going to be right around the fifth highest paid right tackle uh, in the league on average, or whatever it is, or at least for 2019. But at the same time. Uh, as we've seen, the cap goes up 10 to 12, 13, 14 million dollars every year market value is substantially rising for every single position out there so I mean all in all I think they did they made the right move because ultimately what you have here is you have a situation where you have uh, Charles Leno obviously and James Daniels who are going to be under contract for a few more years with Daniels being his rookie deal now you have Bobby Massey locked down uh, you know for four years max whatever I I would assume it's going to be a two-year guaranteed deal that's how most of these work and now you have, uh, you know, Cody White here, who's primed to be a free agent after the 2019 season. There's been a lot of talk that they're going to get a deal done for him, probably in training camp, usually where Ryan Pace works. So at this point, I mean, really the only position that they're going to have that they're going to need to figure out on this offensive line for the long term is going to be right guard. And I don't know if that's going to be Kyle Long. That's kind of one of the storylines we're going to have to follow. But I think overall, you you, you lock up a I think they, they have a good offensive line. I mean, a lot of people kind of dinged them a little bit for the fact that they weren't able to run the ball that well. Uh, I think schematically, at some points, yes, uh, it was it was somewhat of an issue. But I do think that when you really look at the offensive line as a whole, I mean, they did a good job projecting protecting Trubisky this year. And ultimately, I think some of the running issues were simply uh, – it was stylistic, in my opinion. I, I just don't think Jordan Howard's a good fit. But when you look at what Bobby Massey did, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue uh, locking him down for a few more years. Yeah, you hit a really good point there in the beginning of uh, your statement. If the Bears wanted to replace Bobby Massey, he was probably the best option in free agency or one of the best options in free agency. If you look at all the top 
um, tackle targets in the draft, a lot of them are going to go first and second round as guys that you could kind of plug and play as a starter right away. I don't know if there's a guy maybe you can find in the fourth, fifth round that you could kind of replace Massey with is the Bears don't have a first round or a second round pick. So Ryan Pace's draft picks become even more valuable. So locking up a guy who was in your offense as a right tackle this year is it, it, probably the right move. I agree with it. I know a lot of people got on Massey. He didn't have a great start here in Chicago when he joined the Bears as a free agent a couple of years ago. But last season, he was actually quietly pretty good. Um, Kevin Fishbane of The Athletic tweeted out he was flagged for just one false start and had zero holding penalties all of last season, which if you were to tell me that, when I read that, I was like, oh, wow, I, I didn't know that. I thought maybe he had a couple more penalties, but he quietly had a really good season. And and the other thing I want to get to is he's been very durable. Um, in the 49 possible games since joining the Bears, he's played in 100% of the snaps in 44 of those games. Last year, he missed just five snaps. He's missed one full or two full games, I believe, in his career. Um, and other than that, he's pretty much played in all the games. So he's been durable. And, and along with his counterpart on the other side, Charles Leno Jr., we saw Ryan Pace give him an extension last year, and they got they got a pretty good bargain for um, him at left tackle. So when you have two tackles that are going to be active almost every week and are playing consistently, that's a good foundation to build your offensive line on. Well, and the one thing that was explained to me that it, it kind of put things into perspective, the NFL is going away from the right tackle, left tackle designation. Obviously, you probably want your better pass blocker on the left side as long as you have a right-handed quarterback to protect the blind side. But the ultimate reality is offensive tackle as a whole right now is a very valuable commodity. And, I mean, you just look at the free agent market from a year-to-year standpoint. I mean, dude, Nate Solder got paid, I think it was 15 or $16 million a year. That guy's not that good. And you look at, I mean, you even looking at the at the draft classes and, and seeing who's come out, I mean, yeah, it's – it's almost kind of one of those situations you look at, it and it's, it's not quite as rare as, let's say, quarterback or whatever it may be. But I, w- I would say at this point that finding a real, you know, a good uh, offensive tackle is probably about as rare, if not a little bit more rare, than finding a good pass rusher. Not an elite pass rusher, and when, you know. But I, and I think that's kind of what fans have to put into perspective here is the fact that uh, you know a lot of people looked at Bobby Massey's first year, especially those first like seven eight games, and he really wasn't that good. But, I mean, he's been on a steady incline in terms of his overall play the last two years. And, I mean, just like you read off those numbers, I mean, he's been rock solid in so many departments. And he was actually really good in pass protection this year, which was a little weird. So I I think it's one of the situations he's going to be 30 uh, to start off the season. So, at worst, you lock him down for two or three years. That kind of buys you some time because that's kind of the thing for the Bears right now. The Bears are right in the middle of their window i mean that's just all there is to it at this point so you've you've got to be able to maintain that level and the the easiest way to maintain the level that they've been playing with is to be able to retain as many guys as possible now obviously we'll see what happens with uh, adrian amos and bryce callahan gut feeling here says that one of them is going to be back i think it's more than likely going to be bryce callahan uh, I, I think adrian amos is going to go money hunting and quite frankly i just I, I don't see any way that the Bears are going to pay him any more than maybe five or six million dollars a year. And even then, I mean, you're talking about a defense that's full of guys that are already on their second or third contracts. Not exactly, uh, not exactly something you want to be able to sustain. You know, paying a hundred million dollars or more on the defense side of the ball alone. So, but I think as a whole, I mean, you 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 keep everything together as much as possible. And ultimately, when you're when 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 you're moving in next year, when you're moving into 2019. 
the biggest focus right now is obviously still Trubisky. I mean, if Trubisky can be a franchise quarterback, I think he showed flashes of that this year. I mean, he was a pro bowler. Uh, you know, he, he came through in a big spot in the playoffs for them um, and, you know, in that last quarter. So, I mean, obviously the focus is still going to be on him in this offense. And one of the best ways to be able to continue his development and keep him on the right track is to be able to protect him and have a good offensive line. So, I mean, ultimately it's one of those situations. You could find ways to replace Bryce Callahan. You could find ways to replace Adrian Amos. But it's a little harder when you're trying to find a way to replace a right tackle when you don't have a pick until the late third round. You have limited uh, assets in terms of money, cap space, and free agency. So, I, I mean, at this point in time, I think it was absolutely the right move. And even if he's average, I mean, that's really – it's. Uh, I, I don't think there's really much of a better option, especially in a window like this. You kind of have to play it safe in situations like this. Yeah, and to the point of you know tackles being important, I think you're going to see just how important tackles are in the Super Bowl game. Not to kind of get off track, but if you look at the two left tackles, two starting left tackles, the Rams signed Andrew Whitworth in free agency in 2017, and the Patriots made a big trade, uh, I believe it was during the draft, to get Trent Brown, and both have been fantastic for those offenses all season. They play on the opposite side of Massey, but still, you, you can have two tackles that can just kind of solidify your offensive line and the Bears interior offensive line is has been a strength for the last couple of years and even with Long being hurt I mean you saw this year Witzman filled in really well for him James Daniels was kind of thrown into the fire as a rookie and performed well and then Long when he came back against the Vikings he looked all right looked pretty good and then in the playoff game he had kind of his moments but overall I, I, he didn't cost you a playoff game so bringing back the starting offensive line is, is I think is going to help this offense um Depending on what they do with the running back situation, I think we could see that impact a little more um, if they do bring in someone like Kareem Hunt or go to Tariq Cohen a little more than they should with you know Jordan Howard's usage essentially going down. Um, but yeah, I, I like the move. I, we still got to see the money. Um, it's going to leave you know still that problem for Ryan Pace on who's going to pay play, who he's going to pay. Sorry, um, whether it's Amos or Callahan. And I, I tend to agree on the side that. He's probably going to lean towards paying Callahan because Amos is probably going to look for a big contract. There's a couple big free agent safeties um, that are going to hit the market. They're going to depend. They're going to demand a lot of money, and I think he'll be one of them. I think he's probably ranked four, fourth, third, or fourth out of those um, when comparing them to Landon Collins or Earl Thomas or even Lamarcus Joyner. So we'll see. Pace is going to have to be creative and and going to have to find ways to free up some money, whether it's cutting Deion Sims or restructuring Kyle Long, maybe moving some of Cleo Max money. We've talked about this before. I think he's going to have to be a little more creative this year. And he he's the guy, if I'm in this situation, he's the guy I want to, to, to kind of steer the ship where, you know, his days in New Orleans, he was there when they were, they were able to find ways to, to create extra cap space. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing. I mean, and, and another thing, I, I understand, you know, everybody's been kind of obsessed with cap space, cap space the last few years. I, I get it because the Bears have been bad. You want to make moves. You know, the more cap space you have, the more money you can spend in free agency. I get that. But the reality of the situation is is quite simple. And this is something I'll write about and probably have it out next week with the cap situation is that the Bears right now are in a position where they have two more starters. They've got to get their kicker and their punter figured out and they got to get some depth figured out. Outside linebacker would be one that comes to mind. So, I mean, let's just say they re-sign one of Callahan or Amos, and you've basically got one starting spot. Obviously, Cody Parkey's not going to be back at this point. And, you know, but the, there's, there's, you don't need a ton of space. I guess is what I'm getting at here. You don't need a ton of space to go out and be able to improve the team or keep the 
team the same way. I mean, however you view that. So and that's kind of the thing. I mean, you're you're looking at guys like Deion Sims who will be cut. I mean, there's no other way around it. Uh, Kyle Long, I mean, they got to figure something out because I don't think they can give him almost $7 million of base salary. Plus, I think I think his cap overall cap is going to be about $9 million. I just don't think you can give him that kind of money uh, if – you know, just looking at him, he hasn't been healthy. I mean, he's he's landed on IR each of the last three seasons. Okay, yeah, cool. He came back for two games or a game and a half, whatever the whatever it was. But he's not the same player, and he hasn't. You know, he's not cheap. So I mean, the the reality of the situation is for the Bears right now, they have enough cap space, they have enough flexibility to still be aggressive, to still upgrade in certain areas. Uh, you know, wherever that may be. Uh, one of them at least in my mind, that they really need to upgrade and really need to get figured out, and I think it's going to be a key to the offseason, as, as dramatic as that sounds, is going to be kicker. And Redford Jones was signed. A lot of people, <clears throat> including myself, like, is that a real name? Uh, turns out he's from Tulsa. He didn't play. He basically hasn't been in the NFL. Um, he didn't He didn't play this last year. Has been training with Jay Feely. Um, some of his videos that I've seen, and that's kind of hard to evaluate, and I think maybe we'll get a little bit more insight here coming up with our guests here in a little bit. Um, but he... I don't know. I mean, looking at what he did at Tulsa, I mean, his his numbers were never great. I think the highest uh, field goal percentage he ever had was about 80%. I think it was 70-something percent his last year. The one thing I will say, keep in mind, I, one, I don't think he's going to end up being the, the kicker. I really don't. I mean, we kind of talked about this last week with the tryouts. But the one thing to keep in mind is sometimes college kickers being average or below average in, in college, uh, you know, that doesn't always translate. Sometimes they actually end up coming in in the NFL, and we've seen guys bounce around. I mean, it, kicking kicking is just one of those things in the NFL right now that it's really hard to evaluate, even for special teams coaches. But, I mean, for, for fans, for analysts, whatever, I mean, it's, it, it's damn near impossible to evaluate. So I guess what I'm saying here is kind of keep an open mind. I don't think he's going to be the guy. But at the same time, I mean, Robbie Gold had under an 80%. Uh, field goal percentage in his career at Penn State and obviously we know how that went so I I don't know I mean that's that's really all my thoughts on that I think people are freaking out a little bit too much everybody's kind of looking at some of his videos looking at his numbers we, we don't know I mean there's obviously a reason the Bears signed him I don't think they're done remotely done adding kickers whether that's a guy like Robbie Gold another free agent or they draft somebody or pit you know an undrafted free agent or two against uh against him I don't know. But either way, I, I just don't think it's worth the reaction that I've seen, at least on my timeline. Yeah, this goes back to what we said in the last podcast. Uh, I believe we both said that this, even if they sign a kicker during the day and from that tryout, don't expect him to be guaranteed to be that kicker come opening day. I think they're going to bring in as many guys as they can to have that competition. He was he was signed to a reserve and future contract on Friday. Uh, Bears made it official this week. I believe his agent leaked it on Friday after that competition. Um, but yeah, Tulsa, he, you know, he was only 74.6% career um, field goals. He made 50 out of 67, and uh, he, made, he missed three extra points, I believe, three or four extra points in his college career. So I... Like we said before, I don't think this is a, a move that's going to solve all the problems. I think it does show, though, that Ryan Pace is serious about you know finding a kicker, whether he has to do it um, with a tryout right as the season ended, whether he has to do it during the draft, an undrafted free agent, or bring in four or five guys for a competition at once. I just think he's dead set on finding a replacement and doing whatever he has to do, which is right on the wall that Cody Parkey's gone. And the whole Today Show thing happened, and Matt Nagy was not happy. Even Pace said we have to get better at that at you know, at know, that position. But, yeah, we're looking right now, there's no chance Cody Park is coming back. I don't think, if I had to 
guess right now, I don't think Redford Jones would be your starter going into week one. Um, we might see him, you know, survive through the preseason a little bit or if, if the, however long they can keep this competition open. But I think we're going to see a little more. I think the Bears might actually spend a draft pick on a kicker. I could see someone in the seventh round, maybe if they go after um, – the LSU kid, Cole Tracy, or Utah's Matthew Gay. Um, those are two projected high, two top projected kickers this year. Um, I just wouldn't spend, I see a lot of people throwing around mocks. The Bears maybe spend their fourth round or their fifth round pick. Personally, I wouldn't do it because those are Pace's money rounds. We, he's already shown that he can find really good talent that could come in and contribute um, right away in those rounds. So I don't think you'll see a, I don't think you'll see a kicker in the fourth or fifth. I think you'll see if the Bears do draft one seventh round. Um, I'm just kind of curious to see this whole kicking process competition go on because I think Pace could bring in a veteran to even challenge uh, Parkey with free agency. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's just one of those things. I don't even think Cody Parkey is going to be around long enough to, you know, I don't think he's going to be involved in any sort of competition. I think ultimately what's going to happen is the Bears are going to weigh their option to free agency, whether that's, you know, I I don't have a list in front of me. Robbie Gold, Steven Goskowski, there's a few other guys out there uh, that could make some sense. I don't think Goskowski makes a ton of sense, but I do think, depending on what the 49ers do with Robbie Gold, that could obviously, you know, play a part. Ultimately, what, what I think will end up happening is that if they can't get one of those guys, they'll sign, you know, a uh, uh, Kai uh, Fairbash or whatever his name is. I can't even remember. Uh, yeah, the, the guy that four bath there we go uh, somebody like that right a, a reliable veteran uh, and then they'll see what they could do in the draft if they draft somebody in the seventh round if they sign a, an undrafted free agent whatever it may be there's multiple options and ultimately what this comes down to is we just have to let it play out and it's just one of those situations we're really not going to know um, I, I think from a certainty standpoint or maybe a security standpoint getting a guy like Robbie Gold would make the most sense um, but the 49ers control that because they put a tag on them, then that, that rules that option out for the Bears. So it's just going to have to be something that plays out uh, over, you know, the next few months. And I think we'll I think we'll have a pretty good feel for it. And I'm, I'm not overly concerned yet. I want to see, you know, wh- what they're what they have. And I, I think it's a good sign that at least, you know, OK, maybe Redford Jones isn't the guy. He's probably not the guy, but at least they signed somebody at least they're at least they're making an effort to bring in seven eight kickers, sign the best guy, and then maybe here in a, another month or two, you know, they'll they'll sign the best remaining free agent or whatever it may be. But they'll always have options, and and I think that's kind of the thing. That's all you can really ask for at this point. So it, it's going to be a tricky situation, but regardless of the fact, I don't think Cody Parkey is going to be back. Uh, but with all that being said, uh, I think it's just about time to get to uh, get to the guests uh, of the night. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we do have a guest joining us, and he does know a thing or two about kicking. Uh, he had a very successful college career at Utah, kicking for four years. Um, he was in training camp for the Bears, and we kind of wanted to bring him on and get his perspective on um, you know, being on an NFL roster and going through the training camp, as well as kicking in the NFL, and you know how what he saw through his eyes with the Bears and Cody Parkey's struggles. So we're going to bring on um, Andy Phillips. He was in training camp with the Bears in 2017. Um, it's going to be a pretty good interview. I think you're going to get a lot of insight and kind of see where Andy's at now um, in his career and what he's doing. Um, so, yeah, we'll welcome on Andy and uh, enjoy. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, and welcoming into the Bear Report podcast, we have Andy Phillips, who had a great four-year career at, the, at Utah, um, was in training camp for the Bears in 2017. Andy, thank you for joining us, man. 
Yeah, pleasure to be be here with you guys. Uh, it's it's fun following you on Twitter for you know a number of years now, and so it's great to to speak to you. Yeah, man. So it's uh it's been definitely a little bit a little bit since we talked all that fun stuff, and I guess we'll just kind of start off you know a little little fun here. Uh, you know what do you what have you been up to? Obviously, uh, for you for the for those of you who don't know, holy crap, man, this a little tongue-tied there. For those of you who don't know, before Andy uh, was kicking at uh, Utah, he was actually a professional skier, uh, was on the U.S. Olympic team. Uh, since that point, he's actually uh, – you're still in Utah, right? I am, yeah, still in Salt Lake. Okay, yeah, so he's in Salt Lake. Uh, he's, he's got a new thing going on with KSL Sports. Uh, it's Learn to Ski with Max and Andy. Uh, looks like there's about – Three episodes up. Uh, speaking as somebody who's tried skiing and snowboarding, uh, you know, granted I am six eight. It's uh, it's definitely not an easy thing to do. So it's awesome that you're still still doing all this stuff. But what have you been up to, man? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I've been from a from a football standpoint, uh, keeping my leg fresh. You know, still still living the dream with the hopes that someone will give me a call and give me a shot. Um, I might be getting too old and too outdated for some of these NFL teams, but after watching the last couple seasons. Uh, you know, there, there might be a spot for me. Um, outside of that, you know, I just had twins in December, babies, uh, babies three and four. So I've got three boys and a little girl, um, not getting a ton of sleep as you can imagine, but they're healthy and strong. And so we're, uh, you know, we're counting our blessings, um, in that regard. And then, uh, what I do at least career wise right now is, uh, I'm a consultant for leadership development group and it's fun. You know, we work with executives all over the world. I get to come out to Chicago, um, work with United, uh, right there by millennial millennium park. So it's fun to get back into Chicago a couple times each year, but yeah, work with executives and executive teams, um, on, uh, becoming more effective, uh, teams and also more effective individual leaders. So, um, you know, topics can range from, you know, performance pressure to, uh, to, um, you know, one-on-one coaching. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to apply sport to the executive world. Um, and it's a fun career, you know, I'd, I'd, uh, it'd be, it'd be fun to be kicking football right now in the NFL, but, um, you know, this has a lot of impact and, and a lot of meaning and adds a lot of value to my life. So growing up, um, how did you kind of get into skiing? I know you were, you were born in Utah. Was it just kind of something that like you were kind of just born into, um, family thing, or was it just something you kind of picked up as, you know, maybe you got older? Oh uh, yeah, definitely a family thing. You know, my, my dad's a big skier. Uh, he got my, I had two older brothers. Um, I have two older brothers, Greg and Steve, who I was chasing down the slopes, you know, when I was two years old. And so, uh, it was just kind of something that I started so young that it, uh, it's really just an intuitive sport for me. Um, wasn't something I've given much thought to outside of, uh, obviously at the professional level and you start to really dial in your, your, uh, your skill set. But, um, yeah, just started off. I, I lived 20 minutes from, uh, about six resorts and, um, so it's kind of a lifestyle and yeah, my, my, my dad's just probably one of the most supportive people in the world. So he threw me in the sport when I was five years old, I, I ski raced for the first time and ended up being quite successful. And it led to a, you know, a five year professional career. Um, and, and to be honest, really has shaped my life and, uh, and turned me into the, uh, into the athlete, into the, you know, the father, the, uh, the husband that I am today because of that sport. It's crazy, man. And it's like, you know, when you were in camp a few years ago, obviously we, we got to talk a little bit and just doing some background on you. It's, it's amazing. You've done more stuff, 
uh, you know, before 30 than most people have done in their entire life. And it's like, you know, just just tracking, you know, what you did uh, skiing and then going to Utah, you know, going on the mission, going on all the different things that you've done. It, 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 it's really it's, it's awesome, man. And then to be able to maintain a family, uh, to be able to find stuff after football, at least for the time being. Is, is an awesome thing but i mean i, I gotta know man it, it, obviously you, you were with the bears in camp uh 2017 and you know it's it's been shaky for the bears i mean there's really no other way around it obviously i think most people that follow me on twitter know how i feel about them cutting andy uh you know but it's like uh i mean what, what do you got coming up man do you do you have any any tryouts uh any leads any any you know anything coming down in the future uh we'll see you know i had a workout with the salt lake stallions um part of the AAF that's, or is it a, yeah, Alliance, Alliance league that's starting up. Um, you know, they've, they've had a couple kickers in and out of camp. Uh, you know, they tell me I'm on their radar. haven't heard anything else since that workout, but it went well, you know, I, uh, made everything. This is about a month ago or so. Um, you know, made everything under 58 yards and, uh, it was, it was a good workout. I've, I've been keeping my leg fresh. Like I said, I go down to my kicking coach this weekend, uh, Coach Gary Zahner. He's down in uh, in Phoenix, Scottsdale area, um, just to get some new fresh film. Uh, and then he holds a, a free agent combine in March. So I'll go and attend that free agent combine this year. Um, a lot of NFL teams come just to get eyes on you, which will be nice. Uh, other than that, though, um, you know, I just – I plan to continue working and, and, uh, continuing to do what I, what I've been doing professionally, uh, with, with, uh, leadership consulting. And, you know, if the opportunity comes great, if not, um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, I, I find a lot of value in different aspects of my life uh, as you highlighted. And I appreciate the kind words, Aaron, um, you know, faith and, and family and other sport. Um, luckily, you know, football, while, while it's a huge part of me and it has created me, um, into, uh, or I guess you should, I, I should say has turned me into, um, let me think of how to frame it. It's taught me a lot of really good things, you know, uh, a lot of really, really good things, but it's not the, uh, the end all. And if it doesn't work out, no big deal. A lot of other cool opportunities in front of me. And, you know, that's kind of how I live my life, um, jumping through opportunities and seeing how it turns out and just trying to learn as much as I can. Cause as you both know, this life is short uh, my body's only going to be healthy for so long. You know, my knees, that's what ski racing will do to you. You'll turn you into a 45 year old man before you know it. Oh yeah. I can't even imagine. I've, I've skied a little bit. Um, I've tried snowboarding, falling on my butt a billion times. <laughs> uh, I like to say I'm better at skiing, but I'm not so great. Uh, but yeah, you know, going back to your time in training camp with the bears, what, what did you kind of take away from that experience while you were there in, in a kicker competition and, and for a team with a, a franchise, you know, as historic as the Bears? And, and they were going through kind of a tough time with um, another losing season. They're entering what would be the final year of the John Fox era. What did you kind of take away from all of that? Yeah, great question. You know, I entered uh, when, I, when I signed my my free agent contract in May, um, I I went to Chicago with the mentality of, uh, you know, if I can make an impact on this team on the field, off the field, uh, whatever it might be, um, I'm going to try and do it with, you know, really every every second that I'm given here in this opportunity. I left my family uh, back here in Utah, and so I um, had a lot of time to uh, really just put my whole heart and soul into that uh, into that summer. And, um, you know, I, I knew that we had a strong rookie class uh, just because of the caliber of, of guys that I came in with. Uh, you know, looking back on it, um, looking at, you know, 
Tariq and I'm looking at Mitch and I'm looking at Adam Shaheen, um, Tanner Gentry. These are guys that I spent a lot of time with. Um, you know, we would always try and uh, do a little bit of extra work whenever possible. And, um, you know, for me, obviously, there's not a ton of film like Mitch was probably watching film at 6 a.m. every day. And then he would go back to the facility after every, you know, after dinner and he'd be there till about 10 p.m. Um, for me, it was, you know, how can I keep my legs fresh? How can I um, just prove to these guys that uh, outside of kicking the football, you know, I'm worthy to be here and, and I'm going to be a good asset to this team. And so that was kind of how I lived each and every day. Um, really just trying to, to uh, you know, find conditions like when it was really, really windy or when it was rainy, um, try and get outside and kick in those conditions because I know that that's what Chicago is, you know, when it when it gets into the, the, the bad weather season. Um, you never know what could come at you. So I just wanted to be 100% prepared. And, you know, I felt like I, I, I did well um, in all aspects. And, you know, I have no regrets. Uh, and so looking back on that time, you know, through the summer and through through the part of camp that I was able to experience, um, it was it was awesome. And it was fun to see those rookies uh, really just, uh, you know, as a as a collective group, we had a really cool culture of of hard work, um, holding each other accountable. And I knew when I left uh, that something special was going to come from that group. Um and you know the the you see Eddie break out, you see Tariq break out, you see Mitch finally, um, you know, becoming a lot more comfortable in the game. Adam, you know, I know a couple injuries here and there, but uh, a big big parts of of this turnaround and wasn't a huge surprise to me. I, yeah, to be honest, I'm really disappointed I wasn't a, a part of it because I felt like I could have uh, helped uh, in in certain ways. Um, but you know, I had no doubt when I left that there was going to be something special coming in the next couple of years. Well, I can tell you this, man. I have no doubt in my mind, and I'm not just saying this because you're on here. I have no doubt in my mind whatsoever that you would have made the 43-yard kick. And the one thing I – and maybe this is just a figment of my imagination, but that left-footed kick that you made, was that a 43-yarder? <laughs> yeah, it was. It was a little bit of a troll uh, a troll moment. Not so much not so much to Kobe, um, just so much to – you know, I yeah, it, it, it was a 43-yarder. Okay, yeah, that's what I see. That's what I thought. And I know you didn't mean it against Cody, but you know, at the same time, dude, it's one of those situations where I get it because, quite frankly, I think there was a lot of people um, that really felt like Connor Barth had already kind of run his, you know. And this is this is me saying this. This isn't Andy bashing anybody, so keep this in mind. But my feelings were Connor Barth had already kind of run his, kind of already run his course with the Bears, and. I, I think at least my theory is part of it is I think John Fox was 100% set in his ways. I also think that just – I mean, he was – for whatever reason, Connor Barth was was Fox's guy. I don't know why they cut Robbie Gold for him. Um, obviously, it hasn't worked out since. But I'm kind of curious in terms of kicking because the thing is, is you know, we, we got a lot of – you know, a lot of fans, a lot of analysts, a lot of people can sit down and they can watch different uh, – prospects they can watch defensive ends they can watch quarterbacks everybody's kind of got their own specialty but it seems like everybody's got a decent idea of how to evaluate each position but then it comes a specialist and quite frankly man i mean i've i've looked at it i've had other people look at it. i mean most most draft sites won't even touch the specialist because they don't really know what they're looking for so i'm kind of curious from a kicking perspective especially okay the bears just signed redford jones for example so you got a guy who was under 80 percent for his entire college career at tulsa the same thing with robbie gold but somehow with robbie gold he was able to kind of translate you know into a really good nfl 
whole career. I'm not saying that's going to happen with Jones. I don't really know much about the guy. But what is so different about kicking at the college level to the NFL level? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, one thing that I I think affects a lot of college kickers when they make that transition uh, is uh, actually kicking from the hash marks. Um, You know, you have the narrow hash marks in the NFL that come right off the goalposts. And, uh, you know, after you've kicked a number of kicks in college, you start to get this unconscious idea of where the goalposts are in your mind. And so you're on the hash mark and, you know, your lines, if you will, your alignment to the ball um, you know, it, it becomes kind of this subconscious uh, movement. And so pressure, you know, you put a little pressure on somebody um, and they go back to their habits. That's, you know, that's, that's uh, uh, you, you look at the psychology of, of practice and you look at the psychology of repetition. Um, and, you know, if you have a guy who's been kicking off the college hashes for four years and all of a sudden he's put in a high pressure situation in a game and the reps aren't maybe not there, uh, he might pull the ball a little bit extra because he's used to having the goalposts, you know, however many feet uh, further left. Um, and so for me, I'm thinking, you know, that that might be an added element to it. Uh, when it comes to evaluation for kickers, you know, it's a, a big pet peeve of mine. Um, and maybe because I'm a little bit salty, I, I you know, admittedly so. But, um, you know, because you have a guy like Roberto Aguayo who um, – you know, extremely accurate in college, also kicked a lot of short field goals in college, uh, which I don't, for some reason, I don't know why that isn't taken into consideration, uh, would be, you know, distance, uh, average distance of, of, a, of a field goal for each of the years of these kickers. But, um, you know, you, you look at a couple of the guys who have struggled over the last couple of years, you look at their college history, and they had one, maybe two good years, the rest have been, you know, 70 percent, 75 percent. And you have to wonder, you know, why it why an NFL team is is falling in love with this guy. And um, the reason why is because they love a big leg when it when it's all said and done. Uh, they love a big leg and they love that big, pretty pop and that that big ball. Uh, and, it, and it to me makes no sense. I'm going you know, you, you want a guy out there first of all who has the mentality, and, and that's where I think they miss the ball on a lot of a lot of these kickers. Uh, there are there are guys in the league that just don't have the mentality uh, to run out and want to pipe through a 57 yard field goal like Greg Zerline. I mean, you look at his body language, and that dude was like, "Let's get out here, let's get this done." You have Johnny Hecker who's holding for him, who's pretending to fake a, a field goal, you know, just to just to, to dick around. I mean, you know they have a good culture on the special teams when it's a game-winning field goal and the punter and the punters, you know, pretending to, to run a fake field goal um, when the when the game's on the line. Uh, it's 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 a cool culture to have, but but back to my point, you know, I I, I feel like uh, a lot of teams are missing on kickers with this uh, you know, with this mentality where it's like you know, you want and I've said this before, you know, where you want the the, you want the, the the offense to be stopped because you want to go out and kick the field goal. You want that pressure. It's just something that you um, you're attracted to, and it's something that you know really. Get, I don't know. For me, it just I, I love those situations. And like, have I failed in those situations? Absolutely. But going, you know, hey, it's it's my job to get out there and, and put this thing through. Um, it just it. I don't know. There's a mentality there that some people have and some people don't. And, um, you know, you can look at the stats, you can look at a big leg, like, great, there's a lot of kickers with a lot of big legs. I had to beat out a lot of kickers at Utah 
with with huge legs, you know, big bigger legs than me. But when the game's on the line, you want a guy who can run out there. He wants to be out there, and he's going to put it through. And it doesn't matter if it goes through by two yards or if it goes through halfway up the net, right? It's a three points or three points. And so, um, th- yeah, there are a couple pet peeves I have with the NFL evaluations of kickers. But, um, you know, ultimately it's hard to replicate. And, and, you know, I've sent out a couple tweets of me kicking kicking balls and gotten a couple of, uh, you know, some, some trolls on there going, well, let's see you do it in pads and let's see you do it in this and that. And it's like, well, yeah, it's hard to replicate that. So, you know, sometimes a team might get a kicker and they don't know that that, uh, you know, they're they're not going to be able to perform under pressure because they just haven't been in that situation before. And I'm kind of glad you brought up the mental part of it, because with with, with specialists and, you know, you look, you have the long snapper, you have the holder, you have a punter, obviously you have a field goal kicker. A lot of it is is mental and everything kind of has to be in a way perfect. I mean, you can recover if it's a bad snap. There's times where you know, a holder can recover and the, and the kicker can recover as well. What, what, I mean, from your experience with the mental side of things, how'd you kind of get yourself ready? Um, whether it's a game winning field goal, game tying field goal, or even a pressure situation when you're on the sidelines and you're warming up, what, what kind of was going through your mind throughout your whole college career? Um, great question. Different things, you know, like early in my career, sure. I operated probably more from a fear-based mentality where I'd run out and, um, you know, I, I, the lights were on and, uh, you know, I, I knew that if I didn't make it, uh, I, you know, it, it wouldn't be good for me, for my reputation, for my brand, for my mentality. Um, and so, uh, what it, what it transformed into over the years was learning how to cope with pressure, learning how to a, uh, get some sort of, um, some sort of routine, some sort of pattern uh, that would be the same for each kick. And then it would also be understanding my body, how I'm going to respond during certain situations. Like if it's a fourth quarter, there's three minutes left, we're down by two, and the offense is driving. You know, how am I going to respond versus, uh, you know, it's the first quarter and there's, you know, 12 minutes left and it's, it's, a, it's a chip shot. Um, what had to happen was, uh, you know, you have to have somebody else uh, of course, it's you, you can control your own mind, uh, but it's nice to I should say it's nice to have somebody else. Like I had Tom Hackett. Um, I also had Mitch Wisnowski, who I'm hoping will I'm hoping the Bears will draft Mitch. Um, he's probably not hoping that because he's kind of a California sun guy. But um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, the mentality of Mitch, the mentality of of Tom, was just kind of this relaxed. I, I mean, you'd, again, I'll bring up um, Johnny Hecker. You know, it's it's this uh, kind of no, no pressure. Let's have fun with this. Let's do our job. Let's have some confidence uh, kind of culture that you have to create. And you know who you know who does it on the Bears. There are two guys that do it on the Bears better than anybody I've ever seen. The first one, and he doesn't get any credit for this, but it would be Pat Scales, the long snapper. Um, Pat Scales is one of the coolest dudes I know, and he has this uh, he has this personality, um, and he has this. Um, impact on the specialist that is just contagious i mean he walks in the room he makes you laugh you've interviewed him before you know he's uh, he's just such a good dude the other person and i know he's been instrumental in mitch uh in mitch's uh, mitch trubisky's success would be uh zach miller um you know and and connor barth to be honest connor to his credit uh had a really great mentality i mean i learned so much from him that summer that i was there so um I think that's it. You know, it's you, you've got to be able to learn to control your mind. Uh, you've got to be able to 
um, prepare for every situation mentally because it's all between the ears. And that's what these people don't see when you post a video of yourself kicking a football is they don't know what's going on in your mind. You know, they don't know that maybe you've just ran out on the field and, and you can recreate it's, the, the mind is a powerful thing. You know, you can recreate situations in your mind um, that, that, uh, you know, help you prepare for those big moments. Well, I also find it kind of funny. You, you, uh, I, I can't, yeah, I, I remember who it was. Somebody had posted basically so, Oh yeah, let's see you do that with lockers around you. And then of course you had the film and you posted the film, which I thought was, which was awesome with people actually rushing you. But I mean, it, it's amazing, man. I, I, I don't understand special teams, uh, in terms of evaluation. I also truly do not understand how you're not on a football team right now. Quite honestly, I still don't understand how you're not with the Bears because I, I feel like we wouldn't be having a conversation of why the Bears are looking for another kicker for what seems like the 15th time in a row. But, I mean, you've been awesome, man. I, I don't really have anything else for you. Uh, is there anything, any any other thing that you've been doing that you'd like to kind of get out there uh, anywhere where people can follow you on Twitter or anything like that? Yeah, you know, follow me on Twitter uh, at Andy D. Phillips. Instagram's just at Andy Phillips. Um, you know, I'm just taking life one day at a time. Of course, keeping my leg fresh. There's there's a lot of great video out there of me kicking uh, recently. Um, so, you know, I don't know how many NFL GMs listen to your podcast. I'm hoping most of them do, but I'm available. Uh, I'm ready to rock and roll. But uh, no, you know, I, I I appreciate both of you having me on and. Um, you know, there's a there's there's a positive aspect, and I think that's kind of my mentality in life is is you, you whatever happens, it's for a reason, and there's something to learn from it. And you know, I'm I'm so grateful for my time with Chicago, and uh, you know, I'm one of the biggest Chicago Bears fans there is, uh, just because I know that uh, a they gave me my first shot in the NFL, um, which was awesome. What a great opportunity, and and uh, uh, even though things didn't work out, and, and the second thing would be. Um, Again, just reiterating that there's something really special about you know my rookie class uh, that that uh, will have an impact on the Bears for a long time, and I wouldn't be shocked uh, to, if the Super Bowl came back to Chicago in the next couple of years. Well, that's that's oh, awesome, yeah. man. I, I hope you're right. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm hoping so too. And and like I said, and I'm just gonna throw this out here. Anybody listen to it? I've told Andy this multiple times. But when you win, not if, when you get on a team, I am going to be rocking your jersey. I just hope to God it's not a Packers jersey or something like that, because then that's really gonna make it tough. But regardless of the fact, man, as soon as you land on a team, I don't care who it is, I don't care who it's with, anything like that. You, the, the first jersey sale is definitely going to me. <laughs> you got? Hey, I'll send you one. I'll send both of you one if hey, that happens. I'm in, man. I'm in. <laughs> thank you yeah thanks yeah, again man awesome man and welcome back that was our interview with Andy Phillips who was in Bears training camp 2017 former kicker for Utah overall great guy you, you learned a lot of good stuff about him and, and that rookie class he came in with uh, a lot of great information about special teams and kind of what goes into it and kind of that mentality uh, but you know the NFL season's coming to an end here. Uh, Sunday, Super Bowl. We have Patriots, again, taking on the uh, Rams. Um, yeah, it should be another good one. Uh, game will be playing in Atlanta. And I, I'm, I'm excited because I know a lot of people don't like the Patriots and they would have rather seen the Chiefs. I'm in that boat too, but I don't think Patriots was kind of the worst option. I think Patriots and Rams is going to be a great game. I think it's going to be an exciting game. I'm looking forward to watching it. Aaron, what are your kind of thoughts on this game? 
I think it's going to be a good game too, man. I, I, I think that there's been so much talk about the, you know, the blown calls and all this other crap, but the, the reality of the matter, at least what it comes down to for me is, is simple. I think, just by you know default, the two best teams made it because people could say, well, the game should have ended with you know the the helmet to helmet contact or the pass interference, whatever. But the fact is, the Saints still had a chance in overtime and Drew Brees through an interception. So then you look on the other side. I know a lot of people just aren't overly thrilled with the Patriots. I get that. Uh, so I mean, it's one of those situations. Maybe it would have been a little bit more fun if it was the Rams and the, you know, the, the Rams and the Chiefs or the Saints and the Chiefs, somebody, you know, without uh, without the Patriots in there. But I don't know. I, I'm a person that I don't really hate the Patriots that much. I really don't. I actually respect the hell out of what they've done. Uh, you know, people could say, oh, the cheating, all that other crap. I don't I don't care. I mean, the, the fact that they have done what they've done over the last 15 or so years has been absolutely incredible um so yeah i think it's gonna be a good game i mean obviously being from california uh you know living in california i've got quite a few friends here that are rams fans so uh by by nature i'll probably root for the rams just because i'm probably going to be over at uh one of my buddy's houses and it's going to be you know a a room full of rams fans but i mean for the most part it's just kind of one of those situations the super bowl for me is always kind of one of those it's the end of the year, um, and it also kind of signals the, the start of the offseason. And, you know, maybe the offseason won't be as exciting as, as it has been, but I, I still think we're in for some good times. But it should be a decent game. Yeah, we just have, I mean, what, three hours left of football this year, which is just so disappointing. It, it seems like when the Bears are good, football season just kind of just flies by way too fast. When they're bad, it just it drags on. I, I just, uh, I'm... I'm I want more football. I'm ready for it to be September. But, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really good game. I think um, you're going to see a lot of points scored. I'm definitely going to take the over. I believe the over is 57 for the total. Um, I, ju- I just feel like it's it, it could turn into a shootout. I love the Rams' offense. I can never bet against Tom Brady. Um, I think you're kind of going to see something similar to last year where it did turn into a big shootout with the Eagles and the Patriots. Uh, I think something similar like that will happen. And I think it's going to be an overall exciting game. But – while the Patriots and Rams are playing Sunday, you know, we're kind of thinking what could have been if the Bears would have beat the Eagles. I firmly believe if the Bears beat the Eagles, they have a legit chance of being in the Super Bowl. And we're talking about a Bears Super Bowl run here. Um, I know they'd have to go to L.A. and probably have to go to New Orleans to beat the Saints. But I, I just feel like it's just kind of empty and, and, and what could have been. How close in your eyes, Aaron, realistically with this window – are the Bears to actually not what we'll say getting to the Super Bowl and even winning the Super Bowl? Well, I, I you know, I, I hate football isn't played in the vacuum. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. But I, I really do believe that there's very, very the, the at least in my opinion, I think there there's something to stand on in terms of comparing the 2017 Rams to the 2018 Bears, and I'll even go a step further and say the 2018 Rams to the 2019 Bears. I really think that the Bears are going to go out maybe not having as extravagant as an offseason. I don't think they need to do that by any means because they're going to be able to retain the, the majority of their starters. But I think that you're going to see that big step or another good step from Trubisky. I think the defense will maintain you know a, a decent level. I honestly, I mean, I'll I'll be completely honest. If the Bears aren't at least in the NFC Championship game next year, I'm going to be a little frustrated. I mean, there's been multiple people I've talked to. Everybody said the same thing. The Bears feel like their window is the next two or three years. Obviously, that could be a little bit more. But 
they also feel like in in some ways just because how everything ended they kind of feel like yeah maybe they entered their window or the you know entered that window maybe one year too early but they also feel like they got cheated there's a lot of people in that organization right now who firmly believe that the bears would be playing in the super bowl if they would have just made that kick. And in some ways, I kind of believe that just for the simple fact that I I think that sometimes winning that first playoff game is always the biggest hurdle. And that was kind of the same thing we saw from Rams last year. So I think I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility at all. And this is without an offseason or anything. If the Bears get a better kicker, they get a better fit at running back and they they can, you know, make a few other upgrades and, and maintain the majority of their roster. There's absolutely no reason they can't be in Super Bowl next year. Yeah, I want to say they're really close as well. And Prince of Mukamura said he was on with Adam Hoke today for the WGN Super Bowl coverage. He said that's not how the season was supposed to end. We didn't believe the season was ending there. We thought, you know, we could go to the Super Bowl. And it just, it's, you know, it's heartbreaking to see them having to lose that way. But I agree with you. I think, you know, Ryan Pace is going to have an interesting offseason. I don't think, you know, it's going to be as boring as maybe some people think it is. I know you and I have both said this a couple times in the podcast now. I think it could be an exciting offseason. Just because he doesn't have the first or second round picks doesn't mean that can't be an exciting offseason. I think he might, you know, if there's, if the opportunity strikes itself and there's a player that he falls in love with and they're there late in the second round, he might make a move up to grab someone. Um, we, I want to see what he does with the money. I want to see what he does with Adrian Amos and Bryce Callahan. Um, and you know, if you return, if he finds a way somehow to return both of them, I think the Bears have to be up there with probably the Rams next year to be the, the favorites to win the NFC um, and go and go to the Super Bowl. I think we're in a window now where you know Trubisky's got two years left on his rookie deal. The Bears are going to face a decision if they're going to have to sign him long term or not. If he craps the bed the next two years, they might be going a different direction. If he's playing like he has been playing, I think he's going to get rewarded with a big deal. But then the money's going to factor in because you have contracts for other guys that you're going to have to sign eventually. Um, and when you still have Cleo Max money to, you know, in, and, and all these other guys are going to be signing the next year or so. It's going to be very interesting. Um, but yeah, I think they're close. I'm, I'm really with you. I think we are in... This doesn't feel like 2010, 2011, where the Bears were in the NFC Championship game and, you know, they lost, Cutler got hurt. Um, in the next couple of years, you know, they, they showed, yeah, they started off hot and then they kind of faded and didn't make the playoffs until last year. This doesn't feel like this. This feels like a window where you're going to see the Bears in the playoffs, whether it's division champion or wild card, um, at minimum, you're going to see them next two to three years and potentially even more, depending on how Ryan Pace does things. But I, I, I feel like we're entering a really good, a really good era of football for the Bears. I agree, man. I definitely agree. But uh, I, I think uh, the the best way to wrap up this podcast and just kind of the end of the season is the, to get your Super Bowl pick. So I'll go ahead and let you go first. You can just give a team or a team and a score. It doesn't really matter. But I figure you know, this would probably be the best way to end this off. Yeah, for sure. Um, So, oh, man. I told you I'm going to bet the over. Over was 57, I want to say. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be 30... It always seems like I always say like I like weird numbers. It always it doesn't seem like the Super Bowl always has like a weird score number or something like that. Um, I'll go thirty three, thirty Patriots. Okay, that's fair. I was gonna go thirty five, thirty one Patriots. So I, I think the Rams are a good team, but I think that the the Patriots are just they they have it more figured out. And the, to be realistic about it, I mean. It's everything's coming full circle right now. You know, everything's coming full circle with this Patriots dynasty. And it just it just feels like the Patriots are going to win this game. Plus, I mean, 
this is what their third year row in the Super Bowl, and I can't see him losing back to back Super Bowls. Yeah, no. I, I'll throw this one at you to kind of close it away. Patriots win, Tom Brady MVP. Does he walk off the stage and retire? I don't think so, man. At least from everything I've read, and they could be completely wrong, uh, it sounds like he's going to keep playing. He, he basically shot all that down. I mean, I think it would be cool as hell if he did go out like that. I'm not saying I want to see him retire, but I think it would be cool if he did. I just don't think it's going to happen. Pull the John Elway from, yeah. uh, what, 20 years ago now? Yeah, thanks again, Aaron, for uh, another great podcast here. Everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, you can find both of our work on The Bear Report. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Zach underscore Pearson. Aaron, where can they follow you at? You can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL. At, uh, Lemming is with one M. And a big thanks again to Andy yes. Phillips for coming on, man. That was that was awesome stuff. And we're going to be bringing you guests uh, all off season because I mean, there's going to be times yeah. when there's nothing yep. to talk about, but we're we're here for you. We have a lot of uh, a lot of plans ahead and some good ideas for this podcast. So I'm definitely excited for the direction. And, and the best part about it is we get to talk about a Bears franchise that we both think is moving in the right direction and becoming a winner again. So. That just adds, you know, the icing on the cake. Um, if you could do us a favor, rate, uh, review, and subscribe on iTunes. Check out the Bear Report. Check out the forms. Um, a lot of good stuff with the draft forms and the off-topic now getting going again and, and even more Bear Stock. So uh, thanks again. We'll be back next week for another great episode. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.